Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Um, <laughs> thank you. You guys are so encouraging. You really are. Um, if you guys haven't met me before, for those that haven't, my name is Ivelisse, and I'm honestly very, very excited to be here. If you know me, you know that I mean that when I say it. And this morning, as Rich, had, as Rich just mentioned, we're going to continue our series of Flourish. And as I was preparing for this message, uh, this movie came to mind. I don't know how many of you have watched the movie Last Holiday. Can I see a raise of hands? You, for those that have watched it, great job. For you that haven't, that's a homework. You should watch that movie because it's just so good. You are missing out. It's a really good movie. But I'm just going to give you a little recap for it. So if you're going to watch it, I'm already going to spoil it for you a little bit. But you should still watch it because it's just so good. Um, but basically, it's the story of this. Uh, the main character is a lady, Queen Latifah is the main character in it. And she is, you know, she has a job. She has a home. Um, and her job is good. You know, she has a, a good job. She has a home. She goes to church. She's in the worship team. She makes good amount of money. She's a great cook as well. And, you know, every, nothing seems wrong. Like, everything seems fine. Like, her life is good. Like, honestly, like, as you start to watch the movie, you're like, oh, like, this movie is, like, she has a good life. Everything is great. Until one day, she is talking to the guy that she likes, but she never said anything to him. She's very nervous. And as he's, like, you know, trying to, like, you know, make a point and be like, so what are you doing this weekend? Like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, yeah, like, I, have, like, I don't know. Like, you know, she's tripping and she fails and she hits her head and she ends up in the hospital. She kind of passed out. And when she's in the hospital, uh, the doctor put her into this machine that is supposed to do, like, a body and, like, brain check. And um, uh, for her surprise, when the doctor comes out, he has this test result, and it says that she has, like, a terminal illness. And I'm not going to try to pronounce the name of what he said because I, I can't. It's, I've watched the movie many times, and I still can't pronounce it. But he said, you only have uh, three weeks more to leave. And, uh, you know, this news just, like, give her, like, leave her in, like, shock. And she tries to talk to other people and the doctor, other, another doctor gave her the option, hey, you could um, have a surgery that might help. It's not sure yet. But when she looked into the causes, was more than a house in Washington right now. So she was like, never mind. I'm just, just going to leave it like that because if it's not going to, if it's not guaranteed that I'm going to be fine um, and I'm going to use all that money that I don't even have, it doesn't make sense. So she goes home and she says, you know what? If I only have three weeks to leave, I'm just going to do the things that I always wanted to do but never did. So she booked herself a flight to this hotel, five stars, best hotel that she always wanted to go but never did because she didn't have time. She was just so busy working. She tried the food that she never was able to try. She met the chef or her, of her dreams that she always used to watch from home. And she realized almost at the end of the movie that, wow, like I was always so busy just hustling and working and just busy with my life that I didn't take time to do what God gave us life for, which is to be celebrated. It had to happen so she could be like, wow, like I basically wasted all my life just focused on the things that at the end really didn't matter as much. And that's kind of what we're talking about this morning. We're going to talk about the importance of celebration. Um, and last week, Rich shared this Bible verse that's going to be the main verse for our series, Flourish. I'm going to try to speak a little bit slower because I feel like I might be speaking too fast because I see some of you guys' faces like trying like to follow. And I know that I do, ha I know that I do have an accent, so I'm, I'm going to do my best to slow down a little bit. But anyways, this 
main uh, verse that we're not going to have on the screen right now, but I'm going to paraphrase that for you. But if you want to look it up later at home, it's John 15, where basically it talks about what it means to remain in God as he's a true vine and we are the branches and how we grow and produce fruit only when we are abiding in him. There is no other way for us to produce the fruit that God wants us to produce. There is no other way for us to live the life that God wants us to live unless you stay connected to the source. Just like a car that you drive. You know, when you have gas, you can drive. But at some point, you're going to need to put more gas because it's going to run out and you're going to be stuck on the street. And you don't want that, right? And so, same way for us. We can leave for a little bit, but at the end, we need to come, come back to him for that living water that allows us to flourish. Amen? And so, I believe that nobody, and Becky kind of said it this morning, and I'm, I was listening to her, and I'm like, man, she should be preaching here someday. Like, I know she leads worship all the time, but I don't know, I'm just saying, I was like, she kind of like shared my message in like five minutes. So, I was like, should I really still preach or not? No, yeah, I'll do it. But anyways, I believe that nobody in this world have a better reason or a constant reason to celebrate than us Christians. Yeah, I said that. I believe that nobody in this world have a better reason to celebrate than us Christians. Because how many people in this building can be witness to the truth alongside me that no matter how impossible a situation seems to be, no matter how big of a problem, there is no matter what people say, no matter how bad the diagnosis the doctor said is or the sickness is, God can work out a miracle. Amen. I'm going to say it one more time to make sure that we are on the same page. How many of you believe that no matter how big a situation seems to be, no matter how, no matter how impossible people say that is, no matter how many people, whatever people say, no matter how bad the sickness is, God can work out a miracle. Amen. We have a God that can work out a miracle. We have a God that can do mighty, amazing things and has rescued us so we could live this life. So we always have a reason to celebrate no matter what happens. And at the end of John 15, the verse 11, it says, almost at the end of this part that we're going to be focusing on, on verse 11, it says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And that's why it's important that you, when we read the Bible, it's just not like we read it, oh, that, that was good. No, we have to like really dig and see what is God trying to say to us. Because if we only read that verse, we go, oh, I have told you these things, oh, I will be filled with joy. But Oh, before it says, I have two of these things. What things? But when we read all the verses before that, it just says, you know, God has paid a price. He sent his son, Jesus. And because of that, we have a relationship with him. When we first see the story in the garden, what the enemy tried to do was separate us from God. That's why he came to Eve and Adam and tried to, like, change everything. And that's what the enemy is always trying to do, to separate us from God. But what did God do? He sent his son, Jesus. And he said, there is no separation anymore. No matter what happens, no matter what you have gone through, no matter what you have done, no matter your past, no matter your future, you can have access to my presence. And that's the most important thing that we have in this life, relationship with Jesus, because he's the one that sustains us. He's the one that guides us. He's the one that fills our hearts with hope and with joy and forgiveness and everything that we need. And so, see, as Christians, we are called to celebrate because we have this hope that never runs dry. And as we abide in God, which is what this chapter talks about, we will be able to produce these fruits that the Bible talks about, produce, you know, fruits of hope, patience, joy. But there are certain things that we need to do and cultivate in our daily life if we want to see these things happen. It's not going to be like God is going to do everything for us because that's, that wouldn't make sense, that, right? That will, God is not a God that's controlling. He's a God that's loving. And he wants us to decide that. For, he, wants that for, he wants for us to take the decision. 
And so it's clear from the scripture that celebration is a spiritual discipline that God wants us to practice. It was never his will for us to live a life that's boring and dry and normal. Mm -mm, that's not the life that God wants us to live. And through the Bible and through many verses, we can see that celebration uh, is a part of God's culture. And there are many verses that I could read this morning, but I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're going to look through some verses as, as I move on on the message. Um, because if I start reading, we're going to be here a whole morning. And I know you want to go home for lunch, right? And so... Psalm, like Psalm 118, 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be, and be glad. And there are other verses. That's just one of them that I have here right now. Um, but over time, I have seen just how much we sabotage joy. Um, and one of the ways that we do that is by not celebrating. Because we get just so busy and so caught up in other things that we forget to just stop for a little bit. Just contemplate what God has done and is doing around us. And we can't shortcut our way through joy by just showing up to church on Sundays and then leaving however we want the rest of the week. I'm going to say that just one more time. We can't shortcut our way through joy by showing up on church on Sundays and leaving the way we want the rest of the week. That's not how, that's not how it's going to happen. Jesus wants to transform your life in a deep level. So this joy that he talks about can be our prevailing experience. John 10.10, 10, and I know Rich said last week that that was his favorite Bible verse. I'm going to share with you again because it's very important as we unpack this topic. Um, it says, the thief has come to steal, destroy, and kill, but I have come so you may have life, and life to the fullest. Other versions, and I love this version, it says, life more abundantly. And this abundant life includes celebration. There's a story in the Bible, Nehemiah 8. I'm going to paraphrase it for you, but basically God told Nehemiah to lead these people and build a wall so they will be protected. And as they started to, like, you know, build the wall and stuff, almost at the end, Nehemiah was like, okay, it's time to stop and just rest. Let's, let's just celebrate. And they were like, whoa, but we're not done yet. Like, you know, you are reading the Bible. You are reading God's instructions. It says that we need to still build this part and this and this tents and all of these things. But he said, yeah, but it, the Lord has said that today. It's time to stop and celebrate. So we can see how even though they were not done yet, he still had to make time to stop and celebrate because God told him to. It was important. And at the end of the verse, he was like, hey, you guys, like, I know we're not done yet. Like, I know you guys want to, are a little bit sad that we're not done yet. But and at the end, he says, the, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Like, like, come on, we got this. And listen, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, man, I know many families that, you know, are losing homes or have lost their homes. I know people that have lost their jobs. People that have gone through tough transitions. I know people that are very sick or have a sickness that have that has no cure. And the truth of that, no matter how sad that sounds, the truth of that is that it will continue to happen because we live in a world that's that's just contaminated and, and you know like sickness happens, death happens, unfortunately it's just it's just part of life. But as I was thinking of on these things that, you know, can be heavy because you go through social media and look at all these things and read about all of these things that are happening around us. And maybe not in social media, but you have a family member, a neighbor that you know about that's suffering. But then I go 
you know, this will always happen, but what about if we can focus on our eyes on, on the one thing that already happened, you know? The one thing that already happened that changed our lives forever. Jesus came. He became a man. He left his throne, his comfortability. He came as a son of God, and he suffered. He was killed. So today we could experience that abundant life that he talks about. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have problems and that we're not going to face trials, but it means that in the midst of those, you can experience like we were just singing about, peace that makes no sense, joy in the midst of chaos, resurrecting life in the midst of death, healing in the midst of sickness, forgiveness instead of guilt and shame. We can experience all these things because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's like when COVID happened. Do you guys remember when COVID happened? Any of you familiar with it? You know, when COVID happened, people were talking about all these things that were getting canceled. Oh yeah, the concert got canceled. My flights got canceled. The event got canceled. I had a few of those. I have many, believe me, I have many plans during, when COVID is happening. I was like, oh dang it. My flight got canceled. These things are canceled. And I was like, oh my gosh. But also what about the things that Jesus Christ canceled on that cross for you and me? He canceled sickness. He canceled, you know, unforgiveness. He canceled un uh, um, hopelessness so we could have hope, so we could experience freedom and joy and all the things that he has done. Only in him we can do these things. And what a gift. What a gift that is. Celebration helps you look at the good in life. And this is the gift of celebration, that we get to slow down and pause. And remember, wow. God, I'm still breathing. God, I have still family members. I have a home. I have food. Well, you don't know what you're eating tomorrow, but you have food today. On Nehemiah 8, when the people were gathered, you know, uh, one of the leaders, Ezra, came out and he was reading all the things that they still had to go through, the things they needed to do. And like I said, they were, like, they were trying to, like, gosh, we still have a long way to go. This is too much. But Nehemiah came and encouraged him. Hey, encouraged him again. Hey, you guys, this is not time to mourn. It's time to celebrate with joy what, what has already happened. And this allowed them to, like, uh, reframe their perspective, you know, because they were, instead of thinking on all what, they, all what they had to do, they were happy because of what they had done, at least. You know, it's not the same if you have to go from, channel one from level one to ten and you haven't even started it can be kind of disappointing and not very encouraging but if you have done it to level five then at least you don't have five more that you have to do you can just do those five and you get to the level ten and so they shifted their perspective and they were like okay at least we don't have as much to go and um, there are many things in life that you know we can we can look forward to um, despite the pain because they give us so much joy like when a woman is pregnant. How many moms do we have in the in the house today? Yeah, you guys sound so excited. Yeah, that's great. And so, you know, if you are a mom and you you know you have experienced you have experienced the pain of like you know there are things that you have to restrain yourself. Like I remember um, when me and my family were on vacation a while ago, and my sister-in-law she couldn't go in any of the rides because she was not allowed because she was you know she was pregnant. She couldn't do that. And there are other things that you have to restrain yourself. You're not able to run as fast anymore. Like you are kind of like uncomfortable, you know, when you have to get out of, out of bed. I'm, I haven't experienced that, but I have seen it, okay? Um, and so, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable. We have to get out of bed and like, you know, the things that you want, you have cravings and you're getting this like, you know, not awesome humor sometimes. Um, but when you have that baby finally on your hands, 
You know, it's like everything just vanishes. And you're just like focused on that human, you know? Or like parents and during like teen years, you know? The joy of finally when you get to see them on the other side. I have, I have not been a parent yet, but I have seen my parents go through things with me and my brother. And I know that it can, it can be hard. And you, your parents know that too, you know? But when you finally see them getting that degree and like finding a job and like, you know, becoming like men and women, you're like, oh, yeah, it was worth it. After all that pain that you that I went through, it was worth it. Or, you know, when you're working out and you have to like, you know, get those repetitions and stuff like that, it, you know, it hurts. And when you have to increase your heart rate, it hurts. But then you are more healthy. And then you're able to go on a hike. Or then you can play ball with your kids for more than three minutes without feeling that you're gonna lose your breath. Right? Or if you're like me, endure long flights. I love flying, I just don't love long flights. Like when you tell me, oh yeah, it's gonna be two hours, I'm like, great, I'll do it. Five hours, uh, I don't know yet. So, but you endure those long flights so you can finally get to see the place you always wanted to see or see the people that you love that live so far away. I was uh, teaching guitar to this kid a few weeks ago. Um, he was, he's six years old. And I told him, hey, you have to, in order for the sound to come out, you gotta press you know, press the string, and he was like, mm, and still like, eh, eh. the sound was not coming right. And when he finally pressed it, ding, I was like, oh, you see, like it worked. And then he looked at his finger and he's like, oh, what is this? Because when you, if you're a guitar player, you know that when you press the strings, you get some calluses, I said, how do you call it, right, calluses? And he was like, oh, what is this? And I'm like, oh, dude, that means you're gonna be a great guitar player. That's, 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 that's your future. And he's like, uh, you know, he gave me like the sweet smile, but not very convinced, like, mm -hmm. And so anyways, you know, you have to suffer maybe for a little bit, but then at the end when you see the result of it, you're like, yes, it was worth it. Philippians 4.4, it reminds us, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And God wants us to celebrate because even in the shadows and the sorrows, we always have a reason to sing. Jesus and his gospel, you know, the life that's, that he has given us are worth celebrating. Amen to that, no matter what. It is worth celebrating one, who he is, what he wants for us, and what he continues to do in our lives. Celebration pushes you to go further. And I remember, as I was preparing, I remember when me and my family moved to the United States. By the way, next week is going to be seven, seven years seeing me and my family move. So you're welcome. You're welcome for that. God is so good, and he blesses you by bringing people from other countries to your life. Uh, I'm so, oh, no, no, I'm, okay, on the serious note, I'm so blessed to know you guys. Like, you guys are amazing and have blessed my life completely. So, anyways, as I was thinking about it, I was like, I remember um, when I was in my country, every Saturday, we'll go to my grandma's house, and um, at my, aunt, at my, my mom is, uh, she's the one of, of 11 children total. And so, we will go to my uh, grandma's house, and you can imagine all the uncles, aunts, all of my cousins come in, we'll play bingo, have music, food, every Saturday, no matter what, we know we're going to grandma's house to party. And then Sunday, my family, my parents always raise us, hey, like, church is like party, so, you know, we dress our best, we come to celebrate, um, and so I grew up with that mentality, and not only because they told me, but when I got to church, every time I got there, you know, I could tell people were excited, like, worship was like party time like celebration you know we hear the message so powerful God was moving and so that's how 
that's the experience I always had. So I always knew every single week, Saturday, family party time, Sunday, family party time, which by the way, church is not perfect. Like if you want to see something imperfect at church, you will find it because there will be a lot of it. But church is a perfect place for imperfect people. So I love that we get together in this place no matter what. Like church is worth going because God moves when we gather together. There is just something about that. I don't know how to explain it. You don't know how to explain it either. But there's just something powerful that God does when we gather together. And we, we have experienced that. Amen. So so anyways, when, when uh, you know, we, we come from this life where from Monday through Friday, yeah, we were working in school. And, but I knew every Saturday it was just time to have fun, no job, just have fun. And when we moved to the United States, our life changed a little bit, right? Because we, come on, we know, we know how it is. We came here and we started to, you know, I started to work. My brother started to work, my mom, my dad. And after like a month or so, my dad noticed, hmm, I'm seeing that something is kind of like sneaking in the, in the house. I'm like, what's going on? I see like our culture is changing a little bit. Like every weekend we used to have like family time and now it's like everything is like work, 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 work. Except for Sundays because we were still attending to church. And my dad gathered me and my family and he said, hey, um, you guys have decided that every Friday night, because it seems like it was working best, we're going to take time to only gather. Just eat food. Let's just do something fun. Let's just, let's, let's just take that time to celebrate with each other because I am noticing that we're just working, working, and I don't want that to be in our lives. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So every Friday, no matter what, Ivelisse, can you come lead worship? I'm like, mm, sorry, I can't do it. Hey, Eve, can you come cover this? I'm sorry, I can't do it. So no matter what came, I was like, Friday is going to be celebration time. And I think some of us need to do that adjustment in our lives, you know, because I'm not trying to say, oh, my culture is cool. This isn't not talking, to, not trying to say that about all. I want to clarify because it's not about different cultures. It's about God's culture. That's the culture we want to live, right? And so that's just a part of my culture that I know aligns with what God established. He wants us to make time to stop work and just celebrate. And so, you know, my every Friday night, no matter what, I knew I was going to be there with my family. And Sunday mornings, I do look at it the same way. I'm like, it's, it is so fine to me when sometimes I, I'm uh, seeing with people or different bands, and I will see people, not in this church, I don't see that here. People here are like party, party. Um, but like, you know, when I've been to like different churches in like other, other areas, and I see people coming, oh, okay, here we go. We're going to play the songs. Got it. I, yeah, I just woke up. You have the songs? Oh, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, I just sometimes I don't understand. Like, I'm just being real with you if you allow me to be. Like, I'm just, I don't understand because I'm like, no matter how late you stay up last night, maybe you shouldn't have if you were going to be like this this morning. But I'm like, Sunday should be a day where we gather and celebrate because God might heal somebody. God might rescue somebody. God might, God might transform someone's life. But we just get just so comfortable like, yeah, just church Sunday. Yeah, that's what we do. You know, it's just traditional thing. We shouldn't look at it that way. That's not the way God wants us to look at gathering together on a Sunday morning. He wants us to come expectant because we know what he's capable to do. Because no, not because he did that on that cross a few years ago. I mean, he still has no power. He has so much power and so much still to do in our lives. So that's the, that's the, the attitude we should have when we come to church on Sunday. So when I have the situations, I just go, hmm. And I used to be like, why are you like that? But I, I'm not do, I don't do it anymore. I just go, okay, God, they just know you like like I do well they don't know you like we do there's actually a song I, don't, I think it's Lauren Daigle another girl that says they say I think 
the song goes something like they say you cannot move mountains they say you cannot change life but it's because they don't know you like i do is what the song says and that is true like when people show up with like oh, you know and it doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days we are, are going to have bad days but it is different when we make that a part of our lifestyle god wants us to have a lifestyle that's expectant and I want to come back to that verse, John 10, 10, where it says, like, I have come so you may have life to the fullest. Because what is this abundant life? We know this abundant life, right? When we have a hot, fresh cup of coffee in the morning, and we can just chill in our nice living room or in our backyard, in our nice house, and we have our car with gas. When we have... <laughs> When we have our bank accounts pretty good, when we have paid all of the bills, no. This is not the abundant life God is talking about. And I can mention a bunch of people that you might probably know that have come to the realization that that doesn't feel you. That is all temporary. And I saw this meme on Facebook that said, um, oh, money doesn't give you happiness. And then the bottom, at the bottom it said, uh, well, I've never seen somebody crying at the five-star hotel in Hawaii. And I'm like, well, we both know that it's just temporary. You know, and the life that this world offers, what this world has to give is just temporary. But it's not the abundant life God is talking about. The abundant life he's talking about is a life full of hope and trust in the one who made you. This is the thing that completes you. And how many of you can say that is true? Amen. This is what completes you. And when we abide in God, we can do nothing but celebrate despite what happens because we know who he is. And I was just praying like, God, I hope that, you know, people will know. And we go from a place where instead of like, instead of waiting until I have what I wanted, I can instead want what I have. Because when we are content with what we have, because we have Jesus and we know that all the things will be added, nothing else needs to be added because he's more than enough. Christian life is not measured by what we have, but by whose we are. We gotta look beyond all the chores and daily routines and look up to Jesus because He celebrates with us. And a few weeks ago, uh, one of our staff members—it was his birthday—and he, you know, we were on the, on an online meeting, and he shared, "Oh yeah, it's my birthday." And I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Nothing, just here at home, you know. I'll celebrate another time. I'll just go out for drinks or like food with my family." And I'm like, "Huh?" He's like, yeah, and I'm like, uh, uh, and he's like, yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just my birthday, and I'm like, um, I don't, I, I don't know him like super well yet, but I was like, I had to say something, and I was like, dude, do you think God looks at you like that when it's your birthday? Like when God looks at you, He just goes, oh my gosh, like you are beautiful, you are mighty, you are my creation, like I love you so much. Like God is excited to celebrate you. You shouldn't look at yourself like that because that's honestly the wrong perspective. It doesn't mean that you have to be prideful, but it means that you know who you are. Like to say, oh yeah, it's my birthday. No, uh, uh, when it's my birthday, I go, oh, it's my birthday next week. So you better, you know, you better, you better get ready, you know, because, because you know, it, it is, you're not only gonna be reminded of how awesome I am, but I'm gonna be reminded of how blessed I am to have you in my life. So, and I actually, I actually, I do want to show a picture that uh, Randy I think has there for me. Uh, Randy, can we show that photo? I'm, I'm ready for it now. I know, right? I know what you're thinking. Beauty runs in the family. Because that's, that's my baby niece. That's my baby niece right there. See my brother? Yes, he 
he made that partly partly right but anyways that's that's my baby niece we're super stoked super excited and you know so what's this photo came to mind as i was preparing for it because the, you can take the photo now that's that's good unless you guys want to continue to watch it but i think that's good enough um but you know like that reaction that you guys just had oh so cute like so pretty you know that reaction i feel like over time not always just sometimes we have seen how you know when babies are born it's like oh great awesome excitement yeah and then when they are like five it's like oh yeah he's walking yeah he's been running around he's doing things when he's like 15 oh my gosh he's gonna be asking for a gift he's gonna be asking for this now they want this and they're getting ready to drive and then when they are 18 it's like yeah you better do your things yeah if you need something for me let me know and when they are 30 it's like oh yeah do you have you have you have you seen your your son or your daughter oh, i think they are somewhere in the planet i haven't talked to them but yeah, I think, I think they're good. And it doesn't happen all the time, but I think we have seen that in some occasions. And we tend to think that maybe God, God changes that way as well. But can I just say something that I'm sure you know? God doesn't change. And man, what a hope and life-giving thing to know that is. Because the same reaction that you just had because of that baby, that over time might change, God still has it with you and with me. No matter if we are, if you're two months old, 10 years old, 25, 39, 62, 78, 89, God will continue to look at you and be just in awe of how beautiful and precious and valuable you are and how much I love him for that. Because, you know, like Becky said, yeah, man will fail you. Like, that's just how it is. Humans will fail you, but God never fails you. And he's all in to celebrate you. You know, at the end of this movie, I remember um, the doctor realizes that there is something wrong with the machine because himself decided to go in it and he got the same results. And he was like, oh my gosh. And he immediately tried to find, where is that lady? I need to find her. I need to tell her that she's alive, that she's, maybe nothing's wrong with her. And so he went and found her and she was like, and he was like, hey, just he found her. I don't know how he did it. I can't remember, but he found her. And he let her know, oh, no, he sent a fax. That's what happened. He sent a fax to the hotel, and the lady from the hotel saw it, and she was like, hey, like, just so you know, like, the doctor said that you are alive. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm alive. And, you know, she was going to church, and she looked at heaven, and she was like, hmm, you have such sense of humor, huh? Like, you're, you're crazy, man. You do some things. But I'm like, no. Like, you know, she, what she realized, she was just saying it as a funny way, but she was saying, like, man, like, I realized that I, maybe it was good that I went through that so I could understand and realize that Sometimes we just spend so much time making life happen. You know, we hustle and hustle so we can pay the house, get that degree, and working to make a way in our lives when there is already a way, and his name is Jesus, and he has already made a way for us to live our life to the fullest. Celebration is an act that points our attention to hope. And there is a verse here that I want to read. Psalm 126, verse 3, it says, The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. Has God done something awesome for anybody in this place? Some of you are sitting next to the great thing that God has done for you. Uh-huh. Yes. God has done great things for all of us, right? Maybe you are like, well, I don't have anybody next to me. I don't know where you're talking. But yeah, I guess there are things I could be thankful for. Hey, you are not where you used to be. You should be thankful for where you are now. 
How many of you are nicer than you used to be? You know, when you were on the traffic and somebody like cuts through, you used to say four words, now you say only one. And that is blessing. Or you say to bless him, bless her. You know? There are many things that God has, the laughs are indicating something, so amen. Um, but anyways, you know, there are many things that God has done in your life, and so we can be thankful, we can celebrate. Because despite all the craziness that's happening around us, God is still good. Despite all of the chaos and all the, the bad news that you hear, yeah, it is hard. You, you know, you are to, you know, uh, empathize with that and, and have compassion. Of course you do. You don't ignore that. You are aware of it and you pray for it. But you can still have that joy. That joy, that confidence that, hey, God, I know this is hard right now, but I, I see what's on the other side. You're not going to leave me alone. Whatever that you started, you're going to bring to completion. And many people out there are like hunger to find that thing that fills their heart and they haven't yet. Not because God is not available, but because they think it's in their big house. They think it's in their bank accounts. They think it's at their workplace. But it's only in Jesus that we can find that hope. And the Bible says that and they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. And who is that truth? When other scripture says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so only in Jesus, only in who he is, we can experience that hope that really completes us. And I'm almost closing, but uh, there are things that you can do to make celebration a part of your spiritual practices. And I'm going to just share them with you. And if you need to do adjustments, go for it. If not, great. Make it a part of your weekly schedule to do something fun with your family. You know, um, it's great that many people are on vacation during summertime. Woohoo, because it's nice outside, right? Woohoo, tickets are very expensive, but that's okay. We still can go on vacation. But don't wait until summertime so you can go on vacation with your family. Well, Eva, it's hard doing, it's hard doing classes. That's true. But you can do something on a Saturday where you say, hey, there is, we're not going to talk about job or school today. We're just going to watch a movie together and just share how's your week been. It doesn't have to be big to be meaningful. God just, wanna, just wants us to make that time to pass and celebrate who he is. Maybe play some music in your room and start dancing. You know, like sometimes uh, my mom is not, uh, she's visiting my brother right now, and I, I know she misses me. She already told me. Um, but, you know, sometimes my mom is in the kitchen. She's cooking, and I'm in the living room just watching TV, and sometimes I go, my mom says, this is, this is, she's like, oh, Eva, you're so weird. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. But I'm watching a movie, and I'll suddenly just play like a salsa song, and I'll go to the kitchen and be like, come here, mama. And I start just dancing with her. And she's like, Eva, what are you doing? Like, stop. And I'm like, come on, let's just dance. Come on, mom. let's do it, let's do it. And so she dances the whole song with me. But those little things are things that you can do to, like, you know, bright, brighten your day. Like, maybe sometimes it's texting somebody, hey, you're so awesome. Or like, hey, I hope you have a great day. Like, sometimes those little things can actually change somebody's day completely. And, Honestly, like, maybe some of you are like, well, Eva, you do that because you can dance. Oh, anybody can dance. Maybe you're not a good dancer. You still can dance. And God wants you to, so do it. Like, if you're not a great, like, sometimes in my room, I'll be singing songs as well. I love doing karaoke at home by myself. And maybe you're like, well, Eva, I'm not a great singer. You know what? Anybody can sing like Kelly Clarkson taking a shower. So you can totally sing like whoever you want to do it when you're taking a shower. Like, it's fine. It will help you. It just make you feel better. There is something about singing that just releases dopamine in your body and just makes you feel better. There is something about that. Celebrate everything you can, like new jobs, promotion, 
you got a raise, you know, make it a big deal because it is. It is something to be celebrated and it will give you just strength and excitement. Birthday parties or, you know, anniversaries, you know, make it big. Like this year, I didn't want to have a, I was with my niece when she was being born. I was like, I don't care for birthdays. I just want to hold her all day. That's fine. And when I came back home, my parents surprised me with like having a bunch of people over and a cake. I remember Rich came to my place and I started crying. And he's like, are you okay? Like, why are you crying? I'm like, I'm just so thankful. Like everybody's here. Cause that was the truth. I was just so thankful that just people came. I didn't plan for it. I was happy with my baby, my niece. You know, <laughs> but you know, but like, you know, God goes above and beyond because he wants to celebrate you. He loves who you are. And he wants you to know that. So make it a big deal and also take advantage of celebrations like Christmas, Easter and 4th of July. You know, when you have things like that, just make it big. It's not just like, oh, yeah, we're going to do whatever we do, you know, Christmas, let's just do it again. Like, no, make it big, like play music. Think of ideas that you can do to surprise somebody, to make it different, to change it up because celebration points us to what truly matters and I'm gonna invite the worship team right now and I don't normally reach you know he'll pray and like we're all sitting down and just thinking about it but I'm gonna invite you to stand um, because sometimes we need to you know get out of our comfort zone to take that time to sink everything in and I'm gonna pray for us God we thank you so much that we get to be here right now in your presence God you are so so good you are so so faithful and we thank you that this morning we have been able to hear and be reminded that we always, no matter what, have a reason to celebrate. We always have a reason to say, thank you, God, because once I was dead, but now I'm alive. Once I was lost, but now I am fine. Once I was blind, and now I can see. Because of what you have done, Jesus. So God, I pray that everybody in this place will take time every single week, if not every single day, to focus on what truly matters. Yes, it's important that we go to our jobs. It's important that we, you know, uh, do our responsibilities. God, but that doesn't make sense if you are not first. God, we want to be able to be people that produce fruit and that leave life to, life to the fullest. And that's only possible when we abide in you when we remain in you, when we focus our eyes on you, Jesus. Thank you that you love to celebrate us and you want us to, you want us to live that way as well, where we can celebrate what you have given us, who you are, and celebrate one another. We thank you for your word that gives life and life to the fullest. You are so, so awesome. You never fail. You are constant. You're steadfast. And we praise you for that. And all God's people say, 